Are you ready for the intro or what? I'm Let's ready go. for the intro. Hit the intro. Let's go a Viking on Viking Hot Takes. Viking Hot Takes. Welcome to week 13. The Minnesota Vikings at the Detroit Lions. Minnesota is back under 500. They have more losses than wins. And now they're going against a team that doesn't have any wins. <laughs> so what could possibly go wrong? Buckle up. Let's go. Eric, how you doing, man? Flip, it, we're back. We had a couple weeks off uh, for d- various things. Uh, a pretty important life event on your side. I got to say congrats, by the way. I don't Thank know if you. you want to share with the Thank entire you. crowd here, but uh, uh, hey. Flip has—he's he, on his way to having a permanent plus one. So, congrats there. That's fun. So, d- wait, you, did you do that yes. in the San Francisco area last weekend? Did you pop the question? I, I did it in San Jose on Friday. Okay. I was literally like ten minutes from where the Vikings were playing two days later. So, I thought I would bring some Minnesota joy to the area if our if our Vikings couldn't. So hey. Well, at least yeah. at least you, yeah, at least you have something that that uh, a bright spot of last weekend. So uh, that's good. Congrats. <laughs> so, but you 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 know the deal. We got we got uh 20 minutes to to talk during this uh kind of thrilling Thursday night game that's on here in the background. The Cowboys are I guess doing us a favor and beating the Saints right now, but uh only by 6. So, let's let's talk about yeah. all all things Vikings on on tonight's episode. Let's get to it. That game will not be decided in the third quarter, I promise y'all. So stay tuned for Viking Hot Takes. Dave, we're on the clock already. Eric, how many good players do the Minnesota Vikings have on the team right now? I I like this question because I think I kind of know what you're hinting at here, but like currently available, right? Like available to play this yeah. Sunday because mm-hmm. that changes the, yeah. like I mean, they have they still have quite a few. I mean, I think Cousins for all his imperfections is still a good player. I think Brian O'Neill is very good. I think Justin Jefferson is not only good, I think he's a top 3 wide receiver. I think Adam Thielen is still in the the upper tier of wide receivers. I think Eric Kendricks is still one of the best linebackers in the league. I think Harrison Smith is still a very good safety. I think Michael Pierce might be back this week and he's very good when he is actually on the field. So, and I get it. Like even with some huge players like Daniel Hunter, there's lots of talent on both sides of the ball. But I think what you're alluding to here is with this many good players on the Vikings roster, it's still available. Still, some aren't available. Like Patrick Peterson probably won't be. How the hell are they still five and six? Is that kind of what you're, what you're hinting at here? I think that's where you were kind of leading with this question or, or, or am I completely off? Yeah. You know, I I was more thinking about the depth here and just how we knew that the Vikings were not going to be deep going into this year. If you're in the comments, I'd like you to count. Eric just named eight, but Eric, continue with your thought because I think that's also a good point. Yeah, I mean, that's the depth is that was the one of the things I I think I joked on one of our first shows of the season. I think the Vikings have one of the better rosters in the NFL as long as no one misses any time for any reason. And that has absolutely not been the case as as it it is. It's never the case for any NFL team. Of course, that was, you know, it was kind of said tongue cheek, but they're missing a lot of time from a lot of crucial players. And I think it's it's kind of caught up with them. the, The room the margin for error with this team going into the season was pretty slim because it was a real stars and scrubs kind of roster. And 
there just haven't been enough of the the role players that have really stepped up and the stars that I mean, when they, when they're available, it, it hasn't been that great, but again, you know, they're, they're five and six, they could be a lot better. They're a couple plays here and there, but I think that's kind of a, a microcosm. <laughs> okay. The comments are doing great. Um, but yeah, like I, I don't, I don't think I can give you an exact count off the top of my head here, but I think that's, there's yeah though how many good coaches do we have that's that's uh, a <laughs> that might be a more pertinent comment for a lot of people these days but yeah like i think there's definitely enough still to be competitive and in this nfc race they're they're going to be competitive whether they like it or not unless they really tank here down the down the stretch so um yeah that's i mean what do you, what, do you did you go through the roster and, and count like what you consider good players yeah you know i got to 7 i think you got to 8 i think the the question I have though is I, I'm not so sure how many good players we have because like G Mac said, the coaches will not let us see them. You talk about uh Kane Mwangu, who has just electrified on half of his touches. Why not see more of that guy? Maybe he's good. You talk about a KJ Osborne who had 30 targets in the first half of this year. The last five games, that's been cut in half. I think he has like 11 targets or something like that in his, combined over his last five games. You talk about Cameron Bynum, who flashed when he came in and subbed in for Harrison Smith, and now he's right just back to the bench. So right. for me, it's, it's kind of like, you know, stop acting like you're a Super Bowl contender. Yes, you're a playoff contender. Definitely not a Super Bowl contender, though. So maybe let's find out how many good players we have, because I think it's more than just the top level guys. Let's get to the next yep. question. Okay. My first question for you, um, before we move on to the Detroit game, what was the most disappointing part of that loss to the 49ers? Uh, I, the referees? No, no, I'm, I'm not going to go there. <laughs> I'm, I'm going to say, and this is, this is down down the fairway, though, the offensive collapse in the second half. I mean, how many times have we seen this where the offense scores one touchdown on four drives in the second half? You know, I'm not counting Kane's kick return, okay? But the yeah, other four drives, interception, fumble, turnover on downs, turnover downs. They just, they're just not clutch. you're down by one score make the drive you're in the red zone make the play to take the lead and they just can't do it consistently yeah i mean i mean you could always point to uh cousins lining up under the guard on the crucial fourth down and having to call timeout of course um that you know that's a kind of a big one um the run defense getting absolutely gashed again and the defense on the whole not forcing really but i mean jimmy garoppolo really wasn't forced to do anything outside of what most high level high school quarterbacks couldn't do like that was that was really frustrating um delvin cook getting injured yet again that's that's obviously a bad part especially going forward because he's going to be out at least a couple games but i think personally for me like the I, you touched on a lot of this too like the most disappointing part is that none of it really surprised me we have been yeah. here mm-hmm. so much during the season if it, it's this season has just been a constant game of whack-a-mole with the problems. It's like, all right, the defense is kind of stepping it up. They made a stop. 
time for the offense to to crap the bed. Or, okay, the offense is finally putting together some drives. Time for the defense to allow a 13-play, eight-minute drive. You know, it they, they just cannot put together 60 full minutes of football. They're capable of it. They have the pieces. They have the players, and they have kind of the game plan. But they just haven't been able to do it. And that's why they're sitting here at five and six, currently on the outside looking in of a pretty weak NFC North or NFC playoff race. And, you know, just letting Green Bay basically run away and hide with the NFC North title with a month and a half left to play. So it's, yeah, it's it's just the fact that it wasn't that surprising. Yeah. Yeah. I can't, you know, disagree with anything there. The fans in the comments, they're talking about the run defense the mm-hmm. mindset, the the coat, the coaching, and the time management—it's all there, and it all just leads to really depressing football to watch once you get down into that fourth quarter. Next, next question, Eric. It's kind of we're past Thanksgiving, so it's the end game now. I'm going to jump a little far ahead, though. What position would you spend a first round pick on for the Vikings? Well, I mean, I am not a draft guru by any means. There are plenty of resources that you should definitely talk to before I do. And I know I haven't done a ton of research on the current draft class, by, uh, but, you know, I, I know that the quarterback class is pretty bad. Um, I don't think the Vikings will be in the market mm-hmm. for a, an early round quarterback. Um, and I know there are a few stud edge rushers that, will probably be gone by the time the Vikings pick because they're going to finish somewhere between seven and 10 and nine and eight and all the, you know, the, the run of really super elite players on, uh, are probably going to be gone. But um, I mean, the funny thing is like, you know, I, I hate to say, you know, what position you'd spend a first round pick on because I am definitely in more of the, the best player, best player available camp. I think that if, you, you take the, the best football player that's going to help your team kind of regardless position. But if you have prospects that are really close, you can absolutely let uh, the more impactful position be the tiebreaker. Um, <laughs> flip it. it, it we're, we're loving the, the comments today. It's an, it's an active bunch. I swear that it, after losses, uh, this, this, the, the crew uh, in the comments is it, it's, it's better every single week, but hey. um, long story short, I think, you know, take, take whatever is going to make the biggest impact um, positions in need. It's, it's funny. I, like cornerback, We're, they're going to need another corner or two. This is like the sixth straight year we've said that. They could probably use another linebacker or two. They could probably use another edge rusher or two because, um, uh, sadly, for a lot of different reasons, I don't think Everson Griffin will probably be back on there, and they haven't don't have a lot of proven commodities there yet, and they've been kind of playing that position pretty piecemeal. So I think, I mean, the positions that kind of jump out at you are somehow still on the defensive side of the ball, even though that's what it, it seems to be. Do you have specific, uh, and I mean, and a lot of these, the the one-year deals that they have are, like, especially in the interior line, the defensive tackle, I think if everyone's healthy, the defensive tackle position is really good. But next year, there's not a lot on the books. So what positions do you have? Yeah, you know, it's it's amazing that there's just going to be so many holes when you look at the 2022 roster with all the, free agents rolling off, but I got to call an audible here because Daniel has asked us, do you think if we played the Lions 17 times, we would still end up nine and eight? That should have been one of our questions. Well done, Daniel. <laughs> Which I got to say, Daniel, you got to remember that Kirk Cousins is seven and zero against the Detroit Lions. So. Oh, you changed I it mean, now. Oh, we're totally losing. <laughs> <laughs> 
throwing it out there. I don't know. I don't, maybe there's not a bad position to pick in the first round, but I will say that the NFL is flat, flat right now. You know, you talk about seven and 10 or nine and eight. The Vikings are a half game out of the playoffs right now. They're also a half game out of a top 10 draft pick too. So right. there is no margin of error. We do have to win this Detroit game if if we want if we want any type to avoid any type of disastrous situation. So all right. So my next question, uh, we're gonna look forward a little bit here finally to the to the thrilling game between the, the Vikings and the Lions. National news everywhere, I'm sure. But anyways, uh, what player do you want to see more of on Sunday against the Lions? I think we've already touched on one. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Eric, I, I last month I asked you, when do we get to see Wyatt Davis? And you told me that you were a big believer in continuity along the offensive line. You said, never say it can't get any worse. Eric, it cannot get any worse. Oh. They're 26 in, in run blocking and adjusted line yards they can't run block they can't pass block worth the damn Oli Udo has drawn 10 holding penalties which is Dakota Dozier level bad I mean Rashad Hill was terrible he got benched Vikings fans have these nightmares about Drew Samia and I'm like why I loved what they did with Drew Samia was he great no but they put him in he sucked for four games. They took him back out. It is not that complicated. We found out that Drew Samia sucked by mid-October. And now here we are in December, and we still have no clue what Wyatt Davis is. If he sucks, fine. You have a bunch of teach tape for 2022. Wyatt Davis is not going to be the reason they, they missed the playoffs. So put the guy in. Yeah, if that the one caveat there is he's been struggling with some sort of health issue, like with the I'm I'm like I don't even know what the injury was. I think ankle injury, but if he's healthy, by all means, give him give him a shot here. I'm I'm again, I will never ever say it can't get any worse because it always can with the Vikings. It can always not just with the offensive line in any facet with this team. It can always get worse somehow. And but yeah, I'm with you. You can't spell holding without O L I. That's been the joke I've gone through the last couple of weeks because that's seriously that's that's basically all he does. And if you look at the PFF grades from last week, every I mean Ezra Cleveland in the 90s. I think he was the highest rated player in the NFL last week. So the left guard's doing great. Um, Derisaw was good until he went down against Bosa. Hill, but again, if you can give me like 20 snaps of Rashad Hill, he's awesome. He's like a, he's a great backup tackle. Not a good starter. Anyways, he definitely wasn't the problem. And uh, I think they, you know, they kind of found a guy in Mason Cole. He's he's been pretty good at center. And Brian O'Neill is Mr. Reliable. But Ole Udo, I think his, like everyone was in the 90s, 70s, and then Udo had the 30 rating, and I think the, a 10 pass block rating. And you could tell yeah. like the, the 49ers are just starting to target Udo up the middle. Either he'd hold or allow a, a quick pressure. So, yeah, I'm in. If, if, if Davis is, is ready, but by all means, let him go. Another guy we got to, I think we're going to finally see more of is the aforementioned uh, Kanane uh, Wangu. I, just mm-hmm. by default, I think, with Cook being out. Madison is, I think we've seen what he is. He's, he's cook light. He's, he's, he can do 
80% of the stuff that Cook does just without the explosiveness. It drives me bonkers that he leaves so many yards on the field. He'll, you know, yeah, he's good for a hurdle or a, a big uh, broken tackle or two, but pick the right hole. Then you don't have to do those crazy hurdles and broken tackles. Like you can get the four yards before making, before making contact. And I'd still, I'd like to see KJ Osborne back in the mix a little bit too. Like I, yeah. I thought he had a couple of really good weeks there and you know, they had, a, he had a couple of targets that he, he watched sail over his head like that <laughs> last week. Uh, thanks to Kirk's uh, random inaccuracy. You know, he has to have a couple of those games a week or a couple of those games a, a season. So the, those two, like the, the role players, the the bit players on offense. I think they're going to need some variety. It can't just be all Jefferson and, and Thielen. So hopefully we'll see a little bit, little bit of that uh, going forward on Sunday. Agreed. All right. Eric, are the 2021 Lions as bad as the 2008 Lions? I wish they were because I'd feel a lot more confident about Sunday's game. I mean, I just... But both the eye test and most of the statistics, yes, the win column still matches zero and zero so far. That's a bummer. But mm. like the the twenty two thousand eight Lions were pretty historically bad. I mean, especially on the defensive side of the yeah. ball. Like I went in the back and looked up the stats after you sent this question. It's like they were like thirty second, not like in almost every defensive stat, and they were thirty second in DVOA and thirty second in overall PFF grade, and. The current Lions are 31st in both of those. They're actually a little better in DVO than the Falcons, and they're a little better in overall PFF grade than the Texans. So they got that going for them. And, you know, if you just go by point differential and everything else like that, the Lions, by the, you know, the Pythagorean scoring, they should already have two and a half wins, according to that. And that's what the final win total was for the 2008 Lions, just based on score differential. So, that again, I if if you go by overall talent, maybe though, that might be a, a little closer story because this current Lions team, as they're built, they are very young and they're very beat up. But I think as an overall football team, Dan Campbell has this yeah. current iteration of the Lions playing a lot better. It's sad for Lions fans that they're that they have to compare one of the worst teams in NFL history to their current team. But again, like um I had a QA with Pride of Detroit today and the attitude mm-hmm. around this team, you know, the 2008 was the end of an era. That was the end of a terrible era. This is the beginning. Yes, they're, it's, you know, they, they want to get one in the, in the win column and they're going to give the Vikings probably everything they can handle, just like their week five battle. So if the Vikings aren't on, they could, they could definitely sneak up and steal one from the Vikings. But again, I think that it's, it's pretty clear for me that the 08 Lions were quite a bit worse. Yeah, I agree. And it's kind of a tongue in cheek question. Just to right. lighten the mood, because Vikings fans are terrified of this game right now. I mean, we're angry that that Minnesota is four and six in one score games. Detroit is oh five and one this year in one score games. That's crazy bad luck. And so it's just it's not that hard to see. So let me paint the entire scenario. Um, we. I'm nervous. You're nervous. I feel like maybe we shouldn't be nervous, but I I can't, I can't not be nervous about that. No, the Lions don't do anything that well, but they do have a solid run game and the Vikings have not been able to stop the run. Maybe Michael Pierce helps that, but we're dead last right now in stopping the run. Their wide receivers, you know, Detroit's wide receivers aren't that good, but they're fast. And speed kills our secondary right now with Patrick Peterson still on the COVID list. On defense, Detroit, again, not good. The Vikings should be able to pass on them all day. 
but we know our coach, he's not the most aggressive coach in the NFL. Let's just say that. So here comes 25 carries for your boy, Alex Madison. (laughs) That is what people are dreaming in their heads right now. That's the picture. I hope that's not what we see on Sunday, but it sounds way too way too realistic and that's terrifying well yeah the vikings fans are nervous until proven otherwise they played ex- almost to their exact level of their opponents every single week so why not i mean you saw the week five game they they probably should have <laughs> lost that game but we got 90 seconds left i got one more question to ask to, right. sneak, to sneak in right. and speaking of sneaking in this is an, another theoretical question here with sneaking into the playoffs and losing in the first round be better or worse than just missing them altogether and probably the, the repercussions of that. I want to see what the comments say here. I am not a draft position guy. I'm not a, a, a tank guy for many reasons, but this specific situations, I mean, the Vikings are just really injured right now. So there's no way they sneak into the playoffs unless they get some real contributions from all the young guys that we talked about earlier on the show, that's the theme of this show, is the K.J. Osborne, the Wyatt Davis, the Cam Bynum, the Kene Wangu. Those are the guys that would actually have to do something for us to get to the playoffs. So I'm okay with seeing that. You know, Players who are going to be here for a few years, I'm okay with seeing them on the field actually putting together winning football because that that winning culture and that experience, even if it's in a playoff loss, I think that's more valuable than a few draft spots. Yeah, and I was maybe even hinting yeah. a little bit at, you know, if, if they win the playoff game and just lose that, maybe Zimmer holds on to his job. And if they don't make the playoffs, they lose. <laughs> that's a whole different ball of wax, but we only have 10 seconds left. I'm, I'm in for the playoffs. It, it hurt me one more yeah. time. Let's, let's make it 18 crazy roller coaster rides this season. <laughs> you know, why not? Yeah, I love it. I love it, Eric. <laughs> What's your score prediction? Yeah, I think it's going to be uncomfortably close again, but I I can't as even as depleted as the Vikings are. I I'll I'll the, the Lions are bad. But and they they know they're bad. They're still rebuilding. They still have Jared Goff throwing to a bunch of no-name wide receivers. I'll say 23-17 Vikings. So the Lions beat the spread again, but the Vikings win. Okay, I will say 31 Vikings, 14 Lions. Um, Easy game that doesn't really tell us anything about our favorite football team. I will good, good. Like, even if it's a blowout the other way, I I just want, I want a week off. I I do not want to lose another four years off my life expectancy. Yes, please (laughs) just cruise to a victory, even though it's against a winless team. Yeah. That that will just tell me, like, I can, I can sit down and enjoy a football game. I want to do that once. Yeah. Because the the one, the one two score game I was at. So that was all, you know, like, that was the, that was the home opener. That was, that was wild. So yeah, just to sit on my couch and enjoy three hours of a football game. Like, ah. Good. The Vikings won. That would be wonderful. Yeah, it would be. And so we're hoping for that. Until next time, thanks for joining us, y'all. Great work in the comments. We've got the liveliest group on the internet. And we'll see you next time. Skull Vikes. Thank you for watching or listening. 
as always, if you like, subscribe, going to be back here. the bell for notifications. Absolutely. Oh, the comments were on fire today. See, I, I swear, after, after a loss, after a loss,